Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from where <clears> you are. <throat> Linz, what do you got? All right, guys. So the Rams have called on star wide receiver Cooper Cup to host their annual Taste of the Rams event at SoFi Stadium, and they announced today that it takes place on October 10th. This will be the seventh year of the special occasion, and fans are invited to purchase tickets online to attend. You can discover delicious food and beverages, which will be prepared by some of the top chefs in the country. Individual tickets for the event start at $250, and apparently they're likely to sell out. So uh, make sure you get on board with that. Uh, You can go to the lafoodbank.org to get tickets for it. Nice. Did you have the date on that? Did I miss that? Or did you say that? October 10th. October 10th. Let me just figure out when that is. Is that next weekend? It's actually uh, the following yeah, Next weekend. Saturday. Yeah, it's a week yeah. from this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I would yeah, like so to you go can go that. and like eat a bunch of really good food and hang out with Cooper Cup. There you let's go. go. His beard. Talk about his beard let's, situation. He's done. Yeah, let's go to it, Cappy. I would love to go. I actually, that particular weekend, I will be in Boise, Idaho, where I'll be visiting my kids. daughter for uh, for a little parents weekend, so I got unfortunately I can't make it. But that's and that's the weekend that the Rams play the Cowboys on Sunday. Correct. Okay, so they got they got Cooper out there on Saturday, and the Rams and the Cowboys on Sunday. Mm-hmm. All right. What time is that, that is, Lindsay? Uh, what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than ninety minutes from wherever you are. Um, by the way, I love that the community is reacting in real time to the Will Smith interview, which is fantastic. This is why we love the community. You can be well, part of this. You know, you know what I love is that we started today's show talking about Travis's interview today right. with Sean McVay, and we were saying yeah. how much we love train wrecks. Yeah. And then, and then everybody's we, now calling us out for like, well, Will Smith wanted nothing to do with your uh, marketing concepts, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. I have no I idea mean, what that means. But that's why I like Travis. Go- Listen, I'm never going to fault. That's why when Mason Ireland, I felt like they were like, I- maybe I'm wrong, but they felt like they were down on it. Like they were like, oh, bored, bored. And it's like, hey, you know what? Keep going. Keep going. Like, go go right ahead. I had no problem with it. You you tried, and especially with McVeigh, because you and I have had a funny conversations with McVeigh over the years. So he's certainly capable of it. It just, you know, it, it went over his head on that one. Like, yeah, I don't well- blame Travis at all. No, listen, and with Will Smith, we have, we've never spoken to him, so right, we are and, we're just trying cold with him. Right. Well, what part of the fun is is when you get somebody like that on the air, and you can tell that they're kind of a low key dude. Hey, he's twenty seven years old. I think this yeah. is kind of like his third year in the big yeah. leagues. Yeah. So, and he's you know he's from a you know a moderately small town, Louisville, Kentucky, um, and he's and he's low key. And so part of the fun of it is, what are we going to say to this guy that's going to get him to kind of loosen up up and have fun? Right. Yeah. That's part of the challenge. I agree. That's the beauty of live radio, because you are tap dancing naked in front of everybody. A hundred percent. And it's why it's fun. But I think the community enjoyed it. Like, they did. Like, they were laughing about it, like, because they knew we were trying. Right. We were throwing uh, everything (laughs) we could Like, yo, you guys pulling teeth, or what's going on here? The only sense. We were we were basically. Have you ever you remember the movie Major League, right? Of course. We were like Harris, the old pitcher. 
where um, Charlie Sheen says, um, you put snot on the ball? And he's like, I don't got an arm like yours anymore, kid. I'll put whatever. He's like, I got that, you know, I'm not going to say the words he said, but he's got all sorts of creams basically all over his body. He's got one on his hip, one behind his ear, and, uh, you know, one on his forehead, and that's when he says if the umps are watching me closely, I'll just put a little jalapeno in my nose. And that's when he goes, you have snot, you put snot on the ball? Uh, so that was us. We were throwing everything we could at him, and it just didn't work. So we pivoted to baseball, and then he was cool with it, you know? Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to get into the let's get into who you are, where you're from, what you're all about kind yeah. of stuff, you know. And, um, hey, I love to hear when guys are from different parts of the country and they, they have different kind of backgrounds and interests. And so that's why I was kind of hoping, just given that you're from Louisville, that maybe you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan because Kentucky and Louis, Kentucky and, and Cincinnati right but across the river from each either. other. Wasn't an NFL no, fan. he like, was like, nah, <laughs> he's like, I'm a fantasy football fan. I don't really have a team. Yeah. I don't know if you're watching tonight the uh, what's going on on Amazon I Prime. I, I have it on one of the on one of my tabs. I haven't opened. I mean, I'm, I just put it on now, basically. Dude, this game's going to kick off between Miami and Cincinnati. And I will just say one thing. I'm not really usually like one of these uniform commenter types. Mm-hmm. Man, I love Cincinnati's helmet tonight. The white with the black stripes rather than the orange with the black stripes. Their uniforms tonight for Thursday Night Football look, look dope cool. AF. Dope AF. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you remember when you and I, obviously we talked about this a lot during the season, talked about DeMar DeRozan versus Russell Westbrook, right? I do, I do. And and. Do you remember the conversation we had about DeMar DeRozan? And I said, remember I kept telling you, like, everyone's blaming LeBron about Russell Westbrook, but my understanding is he basically was okay with either DeMar DeRozan or Russell Westbrook. And I had said at the time that the organization did not want to give DeMar DeRozan a three-year deal because that's what they would have had to have done by, by rule, by the way. Um, because they were signing and trading for him. And because he, you know, he was a member of the Spurs at the time. And the l- shortest contract you can do, Cappy, in a sign and trade, I told you at the time, is three years. And the Lakers really at the time wanted to value cap space in 2023 because in theory that's when LeBron was going to be a free agent if he didn't sign the extension, blah, blah, blah. They wanted the flexibility, which I understood, but it's like, eh. But I just said, look, guys, just be careful that it's not always what you think it is. So with that being said, and me reiterating that part of the conversation, DeMar DeRozan went on the J.J. Redick podcast. My guy, J.J. Redick, who I was with the last day or two, um, does a phenomenal job, man. He gets all these dudes. Phenomenal. Dude, he gets guys to say stuff that nobody else can because they trust him as a former player, as a guy who's just done this. Uh, done what they've done for a really long time. So it's just guys are allowed to tell their story there, whether it's Ben Simmons recently and now DeMar DeRozan. But Laker fans are not happy with this conversation. So he was asked about basically, you know, J.J. asked him, dude, what happened? I thought you were going to be a Laker. And he's like, yeah, me too. Play it, Laura. Was the Lakers thing even remotely close? Yeah, it was. It was. To my knowledge, I thought it was a done deal. I remember I took a I took a trip to Mexico just to get away because I could just feel an anticipation of everything coming to play. So I was like, I'm gonna get away for a couple couple days, take my mind off it. And by the time I come home, be free agency, hey, I'm signing with the Lakers. I'm sleep one day, I'm sleep one morning in, in, in Mexico. I get a call from Cal, Cal Laurie, and he said, 
they just made the trade for Russ. What's going on? I, I, I thought the deal was done for you to go to Lakers. And I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm confused. That I'm looking at my phone like, damn, that did happen. Well, I guess that's out the window. Like, you know what I mean? Because my, in my mind, my that was the only option for me to go to. Like, I was sold on that done deal. I didn't even entertain anything else because I'm letting this situation work itself out. So when I seen the, the trade happen, I knew it was no way for me to go to the Lakers at this point. So now it was a scramble mode. Like, damn, okay, what's... Maybe I do take the bet minimum. Yeah, like what's next? Because, you know, everything else is, you know, all my other options I would have, you know, entertained. You know, I pushed it to the side because, you know, I was hell-bent on playing for the Lakers. Hmm. Mm, I'm letting that marinate a little bit, George. Marination. Uh, I, I Again, like, so remember, I the story I just told before we played that sound, we talked about that how long ago? Well, let's see here. We're in uh, push in October of right. 22, and this so happened... It was basically almost a year ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. More or less, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, 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 you did, people didn't want to believe me when I said that, Cap. Like, DeMar DeRozan thought the deal was done. Does, does JJ Reddick, because I did not listen to this entire podcast, I, like so many, have seen the clips on social media. I wonder if JJ Reddick asked him... This the follow up, which is what I would ask at least someone who would be on the outside rather than in the inside. Why did you think that? Why, why did you think it was such a done deal? And the reason I would ask that question well, is I'm because sure I think I think he said something to the effect that his agent had told him that. Okay, see now that that's an important point I think because don't you remember the conversation around Russ was that LeBron and AD the two of them together visited face to face with Russ? Right? Do you recall that? Yeah, but but it was also um, and, and I I don't. My understanding is that LeBron spoke to multiple people, um, and Demar and Russ were both had conversations with him, to my knowledge. That's, okay, that's see, my understanding. I could be wrong, but that's my understanding of it. Yeah, and that's why I would again I'd follow it up. I mean, JJ Redick may know more stuff, and I'm, I I'm guessing he probably entire, does. I didn't listen to the entire podcast, so yeah, I don't me- know exactly how much further they went. But I do know that he I pretty almost positive if I remember when I listened to it yesterday that he had referenced his agent in some capacity. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because Why are you criticizing uh, JJ Reddick by the oh, way? Oh no, why why is this criticism? <laughs> why I mean, is this criticism? I mean, I'm, what I'm getting at is this. DeMar DeRozan told JJ Reddick, "I assumed it was a done deal because my agent told me that." But you see, my question for DeMar would be did LeBron tell you that? Because, as I recall the story going, LeBron and AD both go to see Russ, and then once they've spoken to Russ, they've made their decision that Russ would be good for them, and perhaps that's why they decided on Russ, because the two of them, LeBron and AD together, visited with him face-to-face. So my question for DeMar would be, did you ever have a face to face with LeBron? And that was not, to my knowledge, that was not a conversation that was a, that was brought up during the podcast. Okay, well then I guess maybe I am criticizing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I wasn't planning on criticizing. I wasn't really knocking JJ. You can't uh, criticize JJ because that's Sedano's man crush. I know, I know. That would be like Sedano criticizing oh, Tom I, Brady. Listen, if JJ Reddick said, "Let's do Sedano and JJ," I'd be like, "Happy, you gotta go." Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I, I love you. I love you, pal. But you know what I mean? You, you know. but then, but then you could go to Mason and Ireland and be the young guy. That's true. Damn. That's true. Or or I could wait for Keyshawn to beat up Max, and then I could do Keyshawn and Cappy in the morning. Keyshawn and Cappy? It has a ring to it. K yeah. and K. Yeah, I like the alliteration. K and K. Double K. I mean, man, oh man, you're just gonna just gonna toss me aside for JJ Reddick. You like I him mean, that much? Only for JJ though. That's it. He's the only guy. Well, maybe Marcellus too. Marcellus? Yeah. <laughs> Marcellus, please. I mean Marcellus. He's that dude. You cast me aside for Marcellus? Perhaps. I'd have to think about it. I don't. I'd think about it. I wouldn't. It, it wouldn't be a guarantee for JJ. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even blink. I'd be like JJ. Would be start? like, hey, what do you think, Sedano? What do you think about Sedano and Reddick? And no, they, no, and, Sedano and JJ. Okay, you don't want to go by Reddick. Oh, hold on, Christopher just weighed in right now. Yeah, what does he say? Keyshawn and Cappy will never happen. <laughs> well, is there anybody that can work with Keyshawn or no? Is that like said, not not possible? Yeah, Travis. Oh, you could. Ha- this is the show for you. If JJ comes to me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It could be Cappy and the Sleesaw. The Sleesaw. <laughs> <laughs> you and JJ could talk basketball 24-7 to oh, everybody. Dude. JJ and, loves football, too, and, dude. And me and Sliwa can talk about our hatred for the Chargers 24-7. How about that? I mean, Sliwa may start. Dude, Sliwa may need to switch back allegiances. I feel like Raider fans are going to dump him in a minute. <laughs> They're like, bro, since you became a Raider fan, we haven't won a game. <laughs> it's Sliwa's fault. <laughs> oh my God, Sliwa's like a jinx, bro. Damn. It's so we're crazy. so we're reset. We're we're gonna reset the entire lineup here. So we're gonna have Keyshawn and Trav. Yeah. We're gonna have Sliwa and Cap. We're gonna have Mason and Ireland for as long as those guys still want to go. Yeah. And then we're gonna have. Listen, JJ I want and Mason Sedano. in Ireland to come. I know Mason says they want to, he wants to retire in 2028. I want Mason in Ireland to come out here in walkers and canes. <laughs> I'm serious. I want them here as long as they want to be here. All right. Hey, I, if if we got to push them in wheelchairs to get to those microphones, and it'd be John going, hey, Mace, hey, Mace, hey, Mace, hey, Mace, hey, Mace. I but, want that to But, happen. but, you tell me, what, Ireland, what? Yeah. Hey, Mace, hey, Mace, hey, Mace. That would be them in like their, you know, in their old age. You know? Cap, your old Mace impression kind of sounds like the Count from Sesame Street. One, two, three. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Me neither. Wow. So, so me and Key could never work out together, huh? Chris has no chance. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, mm, I don't see it either. Let's well, be you, real. Well, no. you would know. I, I mean, you I would know better. Be I'm hilarious. just telling you, dog. I'm just telling you. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> I love Key, but you and Key, that's true. It'd be like, Ooh. well, I mean, it'd be like, I, I think Key would look at me the way he looks at Max, like yeah. where he wants to choke him all the time. Yep. <laughs> it'd be hilarious. But worse. <laughs> but why worse? What are you talking about, Laura? Why I mean, worse? Because you're extra, bro. Yeah. No, 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 no. Max Kellerman, and I like Max, but Max thinks he's the smartest guy on the planet, so I could understand why Keyshawn couldn't work with that. But me. I'm easy going. You are. Self-deprecating. Here's the thing, Cappy. Yeah? We get you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Key would never get me. I don't think he would get you. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I think he would. He would just be like, oh my gosh, this guy, you got to be kidding me. Like that kind of thing. Just like, he would you know, be annoyed all the time. Which would I be think, funny. But I don't, but I don't, see, but like, we he, think wait, it's but, funny, but, but I don't but think but he George, would think it's funny. Was Keyshawn annoyed by you all the time? 
Uh, like 90% of the time. Only 90? Yeah. Oh. There was like 10% where we were cool. Okay, but what percent? That, but I would say that that grew like exponentially as time went on. Mm-hmm. And what percent would I get of his annoyance well, with me? Easily 95. 95? Yeah. Uh, Chris says it's because you would uh, try to talk sports with him all the time. I don't think I would. I mean, Clinton Yates was here yesterday, and I tried not to talk sports. Yeah, I think we only spent like two segments talking sports yesterday. Good for you, Cappy. And you didn't get us fired. Well, I don't know about that, George. Don't count your eggs before they're hatched. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do that later. You know what? We're late for Travis. We got to talk Sean McVay with Travis. Travis and us have something in common today. We'll talk to Travis next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, Cappy, let me finish this up, okay? About a way for Travis to join us. Um, because I got a question from Rev Ayala on the Sedano Cap community on Twitter. You can go to the community section, look in the search bar, and type in Sedano and Cap, and you'll find it and join us there. He says, correct me if I'm wrong, Sedano, but wasn't the DeMar deal pending on the Spurs willing to play ball and a minimum deal for him was going to be three years because it's a sign and trade? And Rob was unwilling to do that length of a deal. And yes. So the short answer is yes. Um, what I would say to you is this. The front office did not want to give him a third year because at that time, as I mentioned, they coveted cap space in 2023 just in case LeBron was a free agent. So it was always going to be rushed because of that um, three years. You know what I mean? Like that that was the issue. Like the, the issue was the three years. Boy, as so, you look back on it now, you think about it, right? Like if you would have had A.D., LeBron, and DeMar DeRozan last season – and let's just say hypothetically, you know, LeBron and, by the and AD way, would. Do you think that's a good fit? Because I, I think it is, but I don't think it's like the perfect fit. No, I, like, I don't think the Lakers are winning a championship with DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, right. Well, th- there's a point to be made here, which is how much different do you suppose last season would have been if AD was hurt? It would have been hurt? a little better. Yeah, it but how been, much? They would have they been, at least in the play-in, they would okay. not have been, they would have not, not made the playoffs. Well, then, you know I mean? then it sort of makes some sense that you don't want to give them the third year if you think that, hey, it's either the next three years we think we've got a championship contender because we added this player. But if you don't think that, then does it not make some sense well, to think and, about... And by the way, most people did not think DeMar DeRozan had what we saw in him last year. And he was great last year, but towards the end of the season, he was not as great anymore. And he, he's, he'd be a good, an okay fit with LeBron, but not a great fit, I think, because you, what you need is a guy who can stretch the floor more. He doesn't shoot enough threes, in my opinion. 
So let me ask you this question then about this whole story. And, and look, it, it comes up because J.J. Redick asks DeMar DeRozan about it. DeMar seems to be uh, pretty open about his understanding. And, uh, and it, you know, it plays on social media. Is, there, is this a big deal to everybody that, that he did not come to the Lakers last year because he assumed that he was already locked in? Um, okay, repeat the question again. Is it, is it a big deal? Meaning, like, do you think that, that something's wrong here? Like the Lakers, you know, screwed something up really big time? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what is the big storyline here to this story. The storyline to the story. That made sense. I think people are just, like, looking back and saying DeMar DeRozan had a great year, Russell Westbrook did not, and he he would have made more of an impact than Russ did. And I agree with that, yes. He's a better fit. He's not the ideal fit, but he's a better fit than Russ. Russ clearly was a bad fit. Was, past tense. Uh, No, still is. Come on, Russ. Come on, prove them all wrong, Russ. Still is a bad fit. Prove the doubters wrong, Russ. The only way Russell Westbrook is a good fit, Cappy, is if he basically plays the Draymond role as a guard. And if he's willing to do that, then maybe that changes some stuff. I, I just I don't see it. I want to so, see him prove the doubters wrong. You know I love good stories like that, George, when everybody's speak, a doubter. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of proving doubters wrong, my man Travis Rogers proved all the doubters wrong, okay? He pushed through that Sean McVay interview. Now, <laughs> Travis, I loved every second of that. We also just did an interview with Will Smith. Now, we didn't. We have never spoken to Will. Um, okay. And didn't we go tried, that well. We, I'm assuming not. we're talking Dodger Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the not the, no, not the Will Smith yeah. I wanted to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I got we, it. You know, and he, he kind of told us, he's kind of like, we should have known after the first question where I was asking him about, like, young people at a bar that I saw that none of them were talking to each other. They were all on their phones. And I'm like, what about you guys when you go on the road? Like, who's the guy on his phone all the time? He's like, hey, guys, uh, great first qu- – like, what a cool first question or something. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, this is not going to go well. So, But we pushed through. We kept trying to see Good if there was, you. like, something there. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm with you. I don't care. I like – people, like, say, oh, it's awkward. But you know what? You're listening. Because I think awkward radio is interesting. <laughs> well, if, then you must have been fascinated by what oh, happened I, I around eleven forty-five. Yeah, yeah, I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> what was super was, funny, Trav? Yeah. I, I, uh, George heard it. I didn't hear it. I tuned in after it all happened, and you guys were kind of <laughs> going through the analysis of what happened. So I kind of missed what happened, which is was even funnier as you guys were trying to analyze it. Yeah, it was. Um, so let me think here for a second. I guess got 28 years I've been doing this in one yeah. form or another um and I've been on the air for the last I don't know 12 or so give or take it was by far my worst moment on the air ever <laughs> oh no way that is like one of your best everyone's always gonna remember that that's, uh, that's what makes it good well no see here's the thing I quickly transitioned from that was a world-class disaster to I've got a great story for cocktail parties. It, it went, it, it, it transitioned very, very quickly from that was terrible because we, I, I think the, the closest way I can try to explain how I felt in that fraction of a second when he hit me with the, I have no idea what that means was go back to that time when you're in high school or whatever it is, college, it doesn't matter. And you've had, you know, there's the girl that you like, right. And you've, and you've had uh, you, you finally summoned the courage to go up and ask her, go ask her out or go talk to her, whatever it is. And you open with something and it's just a complete just bomb. And she looks at you and says, who are you? That feeling? That was me today at about 1150. Well, (laughs) I I think the problem was that if you would have just said, hey, so uh, 
would you say that today's kind of a New England clam chowder kind of day or more of a Manhattan kind of, if, if, you, if you would have just gone with that, but I, there was there was something in there about, like, football, you know? like I, I, I like to look at it this way, that no matter how I would have done it differently, it would have been better than the way I actually did it. Like, the bigger challenge, guys, is come up with a way that would have been worse. And the answer is I don't think you could do it. So, Trav, um, the, Lindsay, during our text, in our text chat, when we had Will Smith on and it was going south, um, before we switched to baseball and then it was fine, um, she literally said in this text, I'm going to read it to you, Take a page out of Travis's book and ask him if he's a real Manhattan or a creamy New England kind of guy. <laughs> that would have been great. You, you should have. But they didn't it do it. Been, it would have been nice inside baseball stuff right there for, oh for the bit. If nothing else, it would have been, uh, been, been That would have been great. Gosh, that would have been hilarious. Missed opportunity. Big yeah. time. Big time. Um, but you know listen. what the problem is? Is that is that a guy like McVay can get so locked in so that he's focused on something, and when you hit him with that, he's like, what no, the hell no way. are no, you talking you know about? Bull crap. No, no way. I, what do you listen, mean bull crap? McVay has been asked so many damn questions about the Campbell's soup or Chunky soup or whatever the hell. He should know better. McVay, I'm putting that on you, okay? okay. So, you, so you think he intentionally tried to humiliate Travis no, on the air? No, no, no. no. no I guarantee I you he forgot right. about it the second it happened. But here, yeah. here's – George, here's the thing. So I've talked to McVay, I don't know, it's half a dozen times, give or take. And I've asked him the soup question before, and it, it landed. Now, my phrasing was a little cleaner previously, but he was in full McVeigh mode, right? He was in full just, uh, you know, we're getting ready for 49er. Jimmy Garoppolo's a great quarterback. Just boom, 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 boom. He's, he's in, he's in McVeigh mode 100%. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to try to lighten this up a little bit. I'm going yeah. to go to soup early. Instead of saving it towards the end, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go to soup early. And it was I'm calling mistake. it audible. I'm calling it audible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in the words of you know, that's on me. I need to do better. I need to put our show in a better position to succeed. Do I'm better, do Trav. Better going forward. So, yeah, it was uh, it was it was quite an afternoon for sure. Do better, man. Do better. And the fact that you just said you have to do better gives me the opportunity to use that phrase, do better. I used to hate do better. Now I'm all about do better. Do better, Travis. Do better. I'm going to try. I'm going to definitely try. I can't do it's worse. Hilarious. Can't do worse. Um, Trav, on the Rams and the Niners this weekend, before we let you go, um, and of course, Travis and Sliwa each and every day at 10 o'clock, you know, clearly we all know the Niners have had their number. Uh, is there any feeling that, you know, neither team is playing great, let's call yep. it? Uh, yep. But the Rams are two and one at this point. But th this team, what what is it about the Niners that they've had their number? So I think the biggest thing that just is they're more physical than the Rams are, and they've in particular they've been more physical. Um, Rams, I should say, the Niners' offensive line relative to the Rams' defensive line, and they've been able to control the line of scrimmage. They've been able to run the ball really, really effectively, which kind of negates Jimmy G, right? So you don't have Jimmy G throwing it 30, 35 times. That's good for the Niners. That's something they've done really, really well. They're missing both their tackles. They've got two very inexperienced guards. So all of these things kind of line up for the Rams to have a big day. I feel like I've said this before last year and the year before that and the year before that. They've lost six of the last seven times they played the Niners. And I bet you in at least five of those games, it's felt like the Rams had the advantage going into it. It feels like the Rams have the advantage going into it on Monday. I think that the Rams are going to win. And I felt like that every single time they've played. And I've been right exactly one time in the last seven <laughs> games. So I have no idea. I, I mean, it, 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 the, the setup on all this has been 
the Rams are better. They have better players. They have, you know, a better record almost every time that they faced off, and they just can't beat that team. So I think they'll win, but, I, you know, who knows? I felt that way every time, and they almost never do. Mm-hmm. Travis Rogers, Travis and Slee, each and every day at 10 a.m. Um, I want that rejoin on your show every day, every day for the rest of eternity. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have a rejoin. feeling whether I want it or not, it's going to be there anyway. I don't. I think it's. I think it's taken on a life. And of you guys got to get that song from uh, from Justin Timberlake when he was on SNL. Soup day it is. There soup it is. day it is. There it is. That soup needs to be in, day it the is. The new open for Travis and Sliwa is soup. There it is. And McVeigh and that cut every day. No every single day. I have no idea what that means. Exactly right. It <laughs> feels great. You know what? I got. That's your new. No, hours. not really. Yeah. And, it, and it still feels as awful as it did in the moment. So that's super fun. Oh, Trav, have yeah. a great Sean McVay not thinking twice about it. You're still hurting. No, wow. you know. <laughs> yeah, I have no just, idea what that means. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Coach. Appreciate that. Thanks. Look, Trav, good looking out. Thanks for joining us, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great show tomorrow. You got it, fellas. Thanks. See you. Uh, that's all right, hilarious. Travis and Slee. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. That was fun. I think it's fun radio. I uh, to me, like I love that tra- that that happened to Travis, and Travis is willing to talk about it and have fun and mock himself. That's that's what it's all about. Damn it. Yeah, uh, Cappy. Uh, we're yeah. gonna play Radio Tinder in two minutes, but we're late, and you got to talk about our friends at uh, Coors. You know, um, when we talk about celebrating life's successes, you know, Travis right now should be pounding Coors Lights. He should be celebrating the success of asking such an awkward question and having such a terrible answer that we've been celebrating it all day long. Look, it's Thursday. The weekend is right around the corner. Tons of college football, tons of pro football. Uh, Listen, this is the time of year to celebrate your victories, Travis. Celebrate with Coors Light all season long. Coors Light, keeping California chill. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, Linz. Tell them and I'll talk about Tequila Mandala on the back end here. Okay. Thanks, Christopher. So Aaron Judge hit home run number 61 last night when we were on the air, actually, uh, tying the MLB single season home run record. However, there's a whole argument now taking place among fans about whether or not Judge just tied the real record or if the record rightfully belongs to Barry Bonds who hit 73 judge himself has said that he thinks the record is 73 because regardless of the era and what happened those home runs were hit Mm -hmm. so did Aaron judge break the real single season home run record swipe left or swipe right Sedano yeah no question I mean listen I know people here because he was a giant don't like Barry Bonds 
But if we're being honest with ourselves, he did hit those home runs. And we also clearly know now that there were a lot of people in that era, including pitchers, who were on plenty of uh, allegedly uh, all on stuff, right? So that era is you can't I can't distinguish who was on, who was off, all that stuff. Which is why I let everybody in. Like, I let Bonds in. I let everybody in. All those records count. I saw those home runs. I saw Bud Selig sheepishly put his hands in his pocket while he was celebrating McGuire and Sosa many years earlier. Um, You know what I mean? Like, I saw all that stuff happen. So, yeah, I'm with Judge. Barry Bonds, the home run king. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm also on the Barry Bonds train here. And part of the um, reason that this kind of comes up again is I don't know if you guys saw it last night, but Roger Maris's son had a yep. post-game press conference, mm-hmm. and he was talking mm-hmm. about how baseball should really be looking at the records and how Judge did it, and he's clean, and he's a Yankee, and all these other kinds of things. And so, you know, Maris's son took his swipe at all these guys. Do you realize, George, that Roger Maris and Aaron Judge are now tied at seventh for the most home runs in a season with 61, but the other six guys in front of them are Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire twice, and Sammy Sosa three times. So, I mean, Roger Maris's son, a lot of, um, I don't know, like a lot of, he just a lot of bitterness last night. Yeah. And uh, and I'm with you, man. I, Barry Bonds is the home run king as far as I'm concerned. All right, what's next, Lindsay? All right, so you've heard of dog-friendly restaurants for people, but have you ever heard of a people-friendly restaurant for dogs? Well, the Bistro French Canine Cuisine is set to open next week in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The meals are made right in front of you from choices that you and your dog make on the spot. Plus, not only is it good for your dog, but they donate half of the proceeds to a local nonprofit called Paws with a Cause. If the Bistro, and it's spelled, you know, like B-E-A-S-T-R-O, like haha, funny, beast. Uh, if the Bistro Fresh Canine Cuisine came to L.A., would you ever take your dog there? Cappy, swipe left or swipe right? I would swipe left. I will not take my dog there. Oh, mostly, beca- mostly because my dog is just not a friendly dude. I mean, it's really a shame, you know? Like, I take the dog out for a walk, and he barks at every dog. He wants to, you know, jump on every dog. And it's not, That's like, your friendly. Fault. You know that? Is it? Yeah, you should yeah, have done is. a better job when he was a puppy. Well, I guess you guys could blame me, but if you understood the circumstances, you might blame somebody else. That being said... (laughs) (laughs) So did you just pass the buck to your ex-wife? Correct, I did, 100%. Uh, But the dog, like, it sucks, man. The dog is not a friendly dog. People want to come up and pet him, like, oh, my God, he's so cute. And then, and I'm like, you got to be careful because he bites. This dog is a pain in the ass. (laughs) So while it's... He's eight. Yeah, it's too oh, late yeah, now. It's too late. I know. Yeah, so while it's while it's a late. cute idea, the bistro, and I would love to take my friendly dog, I don't have a friendly dog. I only have a mean dog. All right. Yeah. So, Sedano, I know you don't currently have a dog, but let's say you had a dog, and like Aria was like, "Dad, can we take him to the the bistro?" Would, would yeah, you do we'd it? Go. Yeah, why not? We'd I think go it's cute. It's a we'd cute idea. Once. I don't know how often we'd go. It's not like we'd be doing you know regulars, uh, you know, be regulars there, but you know, we'd go once. How much do you suppose you know, you take- a, a dog meal is at the bistro if they're donating half of it? What do you think it is? Forty, fifty bucks for the dog meal? Oh no, no, no! I've, I bet it's I'd, something like fifteen bucks. Yeah, I would say twenty. Right, that's what I was going to say. Mm. Donating half yeah, of it, you got to charge. You know, a you got to take them, take them when they like meet a, a big milestone, like they learn how to shake your hand or give you paw. You take them out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Right. What's next, Lynn? Uh, I want a new dog. Okay, so wait, wait, you, no, you want don't. a new dog? Yeah, you, and then you can't you do say, that. What is, what's wrong with you? Do you know that I haven't had the dog in my house for about two weeks? I gave him to my ex-wife, 
and I haven't had him here at the house for like two weeks, and it's been such a pleasure because like I don't have to hurry. Like I gotta hurry home. I gotta. I gotta hopefully the dog doesn't make a duty in the house. You know, I gotta get home and feed the dog. Like it has been a pleasure not having the dog. I gotta be honest. Do you do you have like a schedule of who gets him when? Not really. And then apparently, I was just told this the other day by my daughter, the dog had some kind of a cyst or something, had to have some kind of a surgery. Of course, I pay for the dog insurance. And um, I didn't even get it so much as a phone call, like a courtesy call, like, hey, Jack had to go to the hospital. He had to have some surgery. I, I didn't even know about it until today. Irritates well, me. Well, you said you don't care. You know, no, you I say do how care. How much of a pain he is. He is a pain. But you love him. I do. That's the problem. Yeah, I love my dog. All him. right, so... Last one here. Oh, you miss him. You miss him. You just said it was like super nice at your house. No, but I miss him. I mean, it's been great without him, but gosh, I miss him, you know? (laughs) For the love of God. I miss him snoring. Cappy, you are so empathetic. Cappy, I'm watching your video that you posted from your Jim Rome appearance today. Look at a little makeup on you there. Oh, not a little bit, George. A lot of it. (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. I have been rocking some major makeup over the last couple of days. They, yeah. they busted you, out the heavy-duty stuff. It, 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 yeah, it, it definitely looks like, yeah, you've got some makeup on. Dude, you know, major so. amounts of makeup. Yeah. Yeah, especially by like on, like the uh, from the eyes down, I would say. Well, dude, I, w- I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but the other night when I went to that concert, Lindsay dropped me off. George, I got home at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you did tell me. So I've got, like, black eyes right now. Yeah. yeah. I haven't slept well either. I mean, it was probably all the scotches I had last night at uh, in New York, but there was that. Yeah, you, like we were talking about the other day, it, uh, the alcohol interrupts your REM sleep. Yeah. So, uh, all right, what's next, Lynn? All right, so the M&M's crew is getting bigger because yesterday they announced that they've officially introduced a new character in Spokes Candy named Purple, and it's M&M's first new character in a decade. Purple is the brand's first ever female peanut M&M. She's described as charming and quirky in nature thanks to her keen self-awareness, authenticity, and confidence. So yeah, you're going to have purple M&Ms now in your M&Ms bags. And I wanted to ask, generally speaking, do you guys have a favorite color candy? Swipe left or swipe right? No. No, I don't. Swipe left. Um, I'm cool with purple M&Ms. I mean, they all taste the same. (laughs) So I don't care what color it is. But um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have a favorite color. I mean, like... I do like I like all the blue candy, like blue Skittles, blue Sour Patch Kids, no, like blue Suckers. Care. Blue's my favorite. Yeah, I always I, love the blue I, ones. I, I don't care. My kids like you know they have a specific care. I I don't. I'm also less of a candy person, more of a chocolate person. So that probably plays a role in it too. But yeah, no. And we all yeah. know that you like dark chocolate over milk chocolate. Well, because yeah. you know dark chocolate's for adults and milk chocolate is for children, as you mentioned. It recall. is. <laughs> but I, it's funny when you started this whole thing. You're like, "Yo, Eminem's got a new character." I was like, "Oh, he does? Like what? He's got somebody new in the in the you know in the group?" Oh. I, like I literally <laughs> did not realize you were talking about Eminem's. I thought you were talking about Eminem. Um, oh, no. I love a green Eminem peanut, and I also like a pink Skittle. So the pink Skittle is kind of like the strawberryish kind of Skittle, and and I don't know yeah, why, but for some reason Starburst I like the green M&Ms. Too. Yeah, pink Starburst. Yeah. Those are always the most rare in the bag too. And I also like the dark red Twizzler color of Twizzlers, like cherry uh, licorice. Twizzlers are that. No, they're great. No, nah, bro, caramelo de bobo. No, they're great. Caramelo awesome. de bobo. What does that mean? Um, candy for dum dums. Come on, stop. <laughs> That's what my abuela used to say, caramelo de bobo. You know, today I was driving my daughter to school, and she was practicing for her Spanish test today, and I was learning so many new words, and I was going to get her worksheet so I could start breaking them out on you guys. 
Okay. You should. But, but you that should. one I didn't know. That one I did not know. Yeah. So. All right. That is uh, Radio Tinder each and every day at 530. Coming up next, Cappy, Balake. We will talk to Balake. Balake is going to join us to talk Dodgers. Uh, I wonder if Balake heard our uh, interview with Will Smith. What do you I think? I don't think so. I think he's in Prim, Nevada. Oh, it doesn't matter. He can listen online. True. Uh, but real quick, Radio Tinder is presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right with Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sippy tequila. Made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and demand the extraordinary, like we do, with Tequila Mandala. Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah, Cappy. I don't know if it's going to surprise anybody, but I'm a huge Andrew Dice Clay fan. Yeah. 1987, the Dice Man cometh. Yeah. Old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her old dog a bone. Ow! I love Andrew Dice Clay. Old school Andrew Dice Clay. And then did Adam Levine slide into your DMs, Lindsay? Is that true? Uh, allegedly. Okay. I saw your uh, your Instagram post. <laughs> Everyone was doing that. It was so funny. I had to do it. That was it was great. actually Morales' idea. <laughs> that is funny. That was funny. Uh, yep. Number one hit, as Chris said, in uh, 2012. All right. Balake is going to join us now. The Dodgers have been rolling since 2012. We're in the golden era of Dodger baseball. And it feels like now everyone's writing pieces about that. And Balake, I will credit you and us as being first to that particular well of, hey, this Dodger baseball team, this is like the greatest era of Dodger baseball. Now everybody's writing it. Now ESPN is writing it. All these publications are writing it. They, You, my friend, are a trailblazer and a trendsetter. Yeah, I think one of like the earlier episodes when I was on with you guys, you guys asked, like, how good is this Dodgers team? And I think I was like, well, don't look now, but they're on pace for like 112 wins, which would be the Dodgers' all-time record. And fast forward about five months and – yeah, they're actually probably going to finish with 112 wins. So, George, just like how we called our shot with Yancy Almonte as our closer, oh, yeah. uh, we called our shot on this being the greatest Dodgers team ever way back in April or so. Well, yeah. it's funny you mentioned about Yancy. Did you see him yesterday, Cappy? You see Balake tweet in the community about our guy Yancy? I don't think I saw the tweet, but I know what happened two nights ago when Craig Kimbrell walked in a run, bases are loaded, and you, you walk a guy who never walks now look, I mean the guy had four walk-off hits to, you know, to win games this year, but still, I mean you can't be walking a guy to to lose a game like that. Are they going to even have Kimbrel on the postseason roster? Yeah, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago saying Craig Kimbrel can't be the Dodgers closer closer in October, and it looks like Dave Roberts, a reader of the Substack, read that article and decided, you know what? Balaki uh, makes a great point. I'm going to go with that. But my my latest yes. uh, piece, I included this briefly, but I tweeted this the other night. I don't think you can have Craig Kimbrell on the uh, postseason roster in October. Whether he's pitching in the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, 
you just can't trust them. You don't know where these pitches are going to land. He's been getting lit up all season. And this goes back to the second half of last season as well, where if this is a guy like Reyes Maranta, who got DFA'd, that was putting up numbers that were actually better than Kimbrell, Kimbrell probably would have been either sent down or DFA'd at this point, just because his name, his history, that's what's keeping him on the active roster. But if the Dodgers are truly serious about having the best bullpen they possibly can have, it's going to be a bullpen that doesn't uh, feature Craig Kimbrell. Blake Harris, our man, follow him on Twitter at Blake Harris TBLA. Subscribe to his Substack. He is putting out unbelievable Dodger information each and every day, and of course, content in general. So, what are you doing with it? We've we've had this conversation in numerous iterations, I guess, right? Like, um, so if, if you're not going to have Kimbrel, are are you just going to do it by committee? Are you going to do it like are, is Yancey going to be the guy? Like, who do you think is going to be the guy they trust there? Yeah, I, I think that they're going to go closer by committee. They're just essentially going to go based on, you know, what matchups they like. Obviously, Evan Phillips is the guy you'd like to see in the ninth, but he has thrived in this fireman role this year where you bring him in the sixth or seventh and he faces the heart of the lineup and he gets the job done. So you might see him at the ninth. You might see Tommy Canely, who has looked fantastic ever since he was activated off the IL. This is a guy where years ago he was one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Yeah. He might be an option. Bruce Dark Ratterall, Alex Vesia, they all, all have experienced closing games. And our guy, George, Yancey Almonte, he has looked fantastic this season. I don't know if he's high on the pecking order just because he doesn't have any career saves, I don't believe. Maybe he had one at some point this year. But, yeah, the Dodgers have five or six guys that you can easily count on with the ball in the ninth inning. Blake, you think this is the biggest issue facing the Dodgers headed towards the postseason is just the closer role itself? Or do you think – you know, just pitching in general and trying to get guys healthy and get guys back. What do you think is the biggest issue facing the Dodgers going into the postseason? I think the biggest issue is actually probably going to be what to do with Tony Gonsolin and what's going to happen following him. Now, they did announce today that he's going to be back on Monday. He's going to be in the rotation, but he's only going to be built up to go about three innings. So the Dodgers are going to then need essentially a bullpen game uh, whenever Tony Gonsolin pitches in the NLDS. So, whether that's Andrew Heaney, whether that's Dustin May, who Dustin May, he's on the IL. He's a huge question mark for October. So I think for the most part, the bullpen's going to figure itself out. I think Dave is going to do really well with managing guys, with putting guys in different spots. I think the, the biggest concern for me is just what happens with the leftover starters with Gonsolin, Dustin May, and uh, Andrew Heaney, because those are guys that you know can give you multiple innings. It's just a matter of how many innings are they going to want out of them, and how willing are they going to be to stretch them, maybe to go four or five. But I think the Dodgers are in a great spot uh, when it comes to their bullpen at this point. All right. Now, you mentioned those leftover starters. What do you think the rotation really looks like? So Dave came out and said that Julio and Kershaw, they're going to be games one and two, not in that order. But if I were to guess, Julio has to be the game one starter. I mean, he's the Dodgers' best pitcher. He's, in my opinion, who should be the Cy Young favorite in the National League. It looks like Tyler Anderson's going to be game three. Dave said recently he's earned, he's earned the right to be in the rotation. And at this point, I, I'm guessing Tony Gonsolin's going to be your game four guy. And this is when things are going to get interesting, where he's only going to be built up to go three innings. We're seeing what the Dodgers are doing today. They're using Bruce Dark Ratterall as an opener. They're going to bring Andrew Heaney then out of the bullpen. Is this something that we see you know, in game four? Does Tony Gonsolin go two or three innings? Then Andrew Heaney comes and follows him. And then again, what does that mean for Dustin May? Because... They wanted to use him as a starter for October. doesn't look like that's going to happen now. So 
Is Dustin May all of a sudden maybe a ninth inning option, or how are they going to work that? So I think as of right now, you have the three guarantees with Julio, Kershaw, and Anderson, and uh, Tony Gonsolin, if he comes out of his next start healthy, he'll be that fourth and final piece. You know, I think that we all look at the Dodgers and the season they've had, and I think we all kind of look at it and say they're going to win the World Series. Dave has all but guaranteed it. But, man, I listen to all these, like, baseball insider-type guys, and they all seem to think that the Mets or the Braves, should they come up against the Dodgers, have so much more pitching, starting pitching, and think that, um, you know, pitching beats hitting in the postseason. So, for someone who has barely paid attention to the Mets and the Braves, I know they have a big series coming up this weekend, um, I do hear a lot of doubters out there about the Dodgers headed towards the postseason. How about you, Blake? You hearing that? Yeah, facing the Mets in a five-game series when you have to go against Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer multiple times, that's concerning because in a five-game series, anything can happen. We saw it happen years ago with the Dodgers against the Nationals where, like you said, Scott, a lot of the time in the postseason, great pitching will be out great hitting, and the Mets have some really good pitchers. The Braves have a sneaky good starting rotation. So I I do think that is going to be the Dodgers' biggest obstacle. They're going to get one of those two teams in the NLDS, unless the Padres are able to pull off an upset and we get the uh, Padres-Dodgers NLDS, which I think would be fantastic. But looks like the Dodgers get one of the NL East teams, and it's going to be a battle with whoever they face because I do think that's going to be their toughest test. If the Dodgers make it out of the NLDS, I think whoever they play in the NLCS, that's going to be a cakewalk, whether it's the Cardinals, the Phillies, the Brewers, or someone like that. So the NLDS is what I got my eyes on because – the Mets and Braves, those are two really well-put-together teams that have great hitting and great pitching. So the Dodgers are going to have a lot cut out for them in that first series, to, uh, to say the least. He's Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, each and every Thursday at 545. Follow him on Twitter, at BlakeHarrisTBLA. Subscribe to his Substack. Check out all his work everywhere. He's got the, uh, the podcast, Inside the Ravine. I mean, this kid is doing it all. Yeah, so, but George, not only that, yesterday he told me he was at Disneyland, and today, are you in Nevada? Yeah, so we were at Disneyland two days ago, and today we were in Prim, Nevada, getting in on our uh, sports betting action for the weekend. And what do I see when I walk into Prim Valley Casino? I see our man Scott on TV, rocking the sided hats, and I tell my dad and <laughs> uncle, I'm like, that's the guy that I do my radio show every week with. And they're like, that's him, what's he doing on TV? And I'm like... He's a man that does it all. That's all i got to say. <laughs> there it is. No, I'm just trying to keep up with Sedano. Nobody grinds harder, so I'm just trying to keep up. That's true. You guys are both grinding, and I respect the hell out of it. Except Cappy needs more makeup than I do at this stage. Oh, dude, George, I just looked at the video that you talked about. Yeah, it's, oh, it's not great. I mean, did you see yeah. my neck, my, like, chicken neck going? Yeah, it's not <laughs> great. We can discuss that further on the other side. Uh, Balake, we love you, brother. Enjoy your trip. Sounds good, guys. Scott, I might need two extra sided hats for my dad and uncle. They caught those on the table and said, we need to get those. Got those for you. Waiting for you. (laughs) Sounds good, guys. See you, pal. Got to give you a hashtag hey king there is what he needs. You know what the the deal is, George? Remember the first time Blake came on and I called him Balake and everybody was like, dude, what are you talking about Balake? Now he calls himself Balake. I love it. Uh, Hey, stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access, including the pay-per-views, live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year, and thousands of hours of college sports. Get ESPN Plus and the Disney Plus bundle today. Stream anytime, anywhere, and you can get a discount if you go to this website and this website only. You ready? Here it is. ESPNLABundle.com. That's ESPNLABundle.com to learn more. Coming up next, Laker fan, brace yourself. I'm telling you, that's next.